Welcome to the Propane Business Podcast. I'm Johnny. And I'm Yusuf. We set up and built propanefitness.com into the profitable semi-automated system that it is today, which allowed us to quit our corporate jobs and coach online full-time. More importantly, we were able to do this without a huge online audience or being glued to social media every day. We're now ready to share everything from the failures we've made to the systems that now consistently generate hundreds of thousands in revenue. We help personal trainers, coaches, and gym owners do the same by avoiding the mistakes we've made and the best practices going forward. Subscribe to this podcast to learn what we're doing and what we've done to build and scale propanefitness.com. We'll be teaching you how to generate a steady flow of online clients, win at Facebook ads, automate your coaching systems, and to achieve financial independence. The police were just knocking on a house opposite. Slightly concerning, actually, with the way that they were doing it. Because they went over and there were, it was, there was two of them, which is already, you know, when there's two policemen knocking on a door, you're like, oh. Mm. They knocked for a while. Then they started kicking the door. Whoa. To, not kicking it down, just kicking it, like, to make up to do a louder knock. Um, they started peering in the windows, knocking on the windows. Then they started knocking on the, the doors on either side. And then one of the guys went round the back. And so you're just thinking, oh, some dodgy business is going on here. But you get to watch that unfold now, don't you? Yeah. So, I mean, it's right in front of me as well. So if there's any unfolding as this podcast is happening, you will get a live action commentary. I bet what will happen is you will be summoned to court to act as a witness and that will be a really extensive there'll be loads of admin there'll be forms to fill in before and after and I think it'll be like four week like a four week commitment it'll be I have to hand fill the forms because because of COVID they can't do it Mm. digitally and yeah that'll be it and they spotted it because of Google Maps and seeing my (coughs) face inside of my desk and they go oh he would have seen it he's seen the whole thing and then there'll be a a Netflix documentary about it I know you've probably got nothing better to do, so would you like to uh, be a, a witness for... <laughs> a few of my friends have been called for jury service. That sounds like Which... the biggest ball ache. <laughs> so I, th- I don't think you can... I don't think you can say no. I think you have to do it. You have to just and make think... yourself available. Yeah, and it's like a full day. So it's like a nine-to-five thing. Is it just one day? No. Oh, no, no. I think it's weeks. In some cases, I think it's as lo- it's as long as the case goes on for. Do they cover your expenses, or are you just out of pocket? I don't know. I don't know. God, what? I a... think it's one of the. I think. <laughs> I think you'll have nightmares about that. Moment. Yeah. I think if because obviously if you're an if you're employed, I think the employer has to let you. Pretty sure, and. So obviously, like it's just your salary. So you're still getting paid your salary, as I understand it. And oh, then, so the employer like, has to pay you. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a tough one, actually. I, I don't know. Because then it transfers the ball ache from you to the employer. Because if you're indifferent about your job, if you're just like oh, whatever, like I have yeah. to be busy nine to five anyway. And then... you're really into like police dramas. And Br- brilliant, like yeah. Silent Witness, great. Like I get to see the whole thing live. I get to. But it, the opposite, if you're self-employed or you run a business, it's it just completely takes so out I, the output for the month. I reckon they don't bother with it even inviting people. I imagine you've got to be of a certain... like So everybody who I know who's been invited as an accountant and works as an accountant, 
<clears throat> so I imagine they look for like a, a cross section of society. And one of those things is like nine, someone who works in like nine to five finance or something like that. I'm sure it's randomized. I think it's done from like, uh, um, like the, the electoral role. Right. Does everyone have to do it then if, if you fit the criteria sure. or is it just like, I think if you, if, if you get picked, as I understand it, you can't say I'm all right, cheers. I think you've got to do it, but you can say, oh, I can't do then. I, could, I have to, I, I need to delay it or. Okay. Cause obviously you can't force somebody to be available for weeks, potentially on a day. <laughs> oh, like but it's, it's exactly like you the, the sort of thing you're going to get asked to do, isn't it? Yeah. It's just got your name written all over it. Someone just runs up and just has a, has a poo on your calendar and then rubs it all around the calendar for several months. You're like, oh, no, no, ah. Oh. <laughs> and then drop kicks your calendar over a really high fence that you can't get over. <laughs> it's like, you know, at school where people used to, like, take something off you and, like, throw it over a wall. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, oh, a shoe. It would be a shoe, wouldn't it? Like, someone nick your shoe, throw it over a wall, and then that was that. You used to have a shoe for the rest of the day. School banter was so delightfully evil, wasn't it? Like, really it well thought through. Well, because it's all in the, like, safe confines of things not really mattering. So, like, you know, you have to go for that. Like, what did you do without a shoe? Oh, miss, like, my th- someone threw me shit. I don't care if somebody threw a shoe. But, like, yeah, but it... And it just goes on like that. Yeah, and exactly. And the person throws the shoe. Your, it's your, it's your fault. It's disruptive. For yeah. <laughs> having a shoe. Yeah. <laughs> well, Speaking of which, we've got Instagram questions. Yeah. <laughs> On that note, thank you for your excellent questions. We have a few that I think a couple of these would make for good podcasts in in and of themselves, and some are quick answers. So let's jump straight in. I have no idea what I'm about to be asked here. I have yeah. no frame whatsoever. I'm trying to find a good opener one. Rugby Lad has asked how to make games. I think Rugby Lad is being facetious with that one because he is a man who has games already. Is he being sardonic? I think so. Being laconic. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> being capricious. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure what laconic means like bitterly sarcastic so sardonic is um grimly mocking or cynical <laughs> so that's not not entirely correct <laughs> let's see if let's see if laconic and we've already been derailed <laughs> uh, of a person's speech or style of writing using very few words oh capricious isn't right that's Sudden and unaccountable changes of mood and behaviour. <laughs> I think facetious is, is spot on. Yeah. He's not so being ironic, go. is he? I suppose to for anyone listening who does want to know how to make games, probeinfitness.com forward slash start. Full guide for free. I think just do more specific things over time. In pretty much anything. Yeah. And you'll get you'll get better at that thing. That is true. So oh freedom and movement, James has asked the craziest, stupidest fitness trends, diets, or protocols that you've bought into over the years. We have actually done that 
as a couple of episodes a while back. If you go to, I reckon it'll be around episode 80 of the fitness podcast. As we speak, my pro, my training program is being updated and I always get like butterflies when that's happening because it might be horrendous. Just could be your fitness fad. Could be absolutely anything. RP ten, sets of ten at a ten to failure, for a ten at a ten. When I think we had a bad day and just yeah. (laughs) I think it's about time for a program update. Dot dot dot. Uh (laughs) Um, I'll let you know once I've seen it. Um, I think the stupidest one we've ever done. I think the most extreme one we've ever done is alternate day fasting. Yeah, it was a real trumpet up the gonads, wasn't it? A real goose in the bonnet. It just... 36-hour fasts and then 12 hours to eat. And at the time, rather than just eating normal calories, we were eating between six and 10,000 calories a day on the feeding days. So eating a surplus while fasting a lot. So just how to make life really difficult and not like even the eating days some people like you always get it's it's people outside of fitness that always go oh 10,000 calories that sounds class like I'd love to do that mm. and you're like no no go and try it for a day see how you feel very hard <sighs> I've just got the, the message thread with Mike T behind this conversation and I just thought I just need he just wanted to reply because he's writing my program. So I quickly just said just whatever whatever you want, Mike. To which he just replied saying, "Equipped it is." Oh no! <laughs> so I really hope he's joking. That's it. Johnny's going to join the B- oh B- god B- or something and uh, whatever it's called. <laughs> Pete, yeah, the big diddly. What did you call it? The big diddly. Big diddly fiddlers association. Big- <laughs> <laughs> All really good at playing the violin. Um, fantastic yeah fiddlers on the roof um, so but yeah orange juice for breakfast pizza for breakfast pizza for lunch pizza for dinner and then around that you've got to add in quite a few calories just to hit them. so I remember getting really into instant noodles at that time because you can just pile on like three or four packs of instant noodles they're very easy to eat to just put away and mm. they're very palatable so didn't you also get into like instant mashed potato have i imagined that like the packets is it called smash yeah because you can make it a bit more dense than normal potato so you can make yeah like butter cream just yeah yeah and then every other day you're starving i forgot about that that i think we all go through phases of certain foods that we just hammer for a while Mm. like we've had a malt loaf phase mashed potato phase i don't think i ever what Oats, yeah, definitely oats. Yogurt for me, big one. Uh, yes, no, no one really eats oats anymore in the fitness industry. It's not a... I have a, I have a little porridge pot every morning. Oh, there we go. Every day. Keeping it old school. So <laughs> Rob HBG underscore PT has said neurology training. So I assume what he's talking about is going into specialty training for a neurology training program in order to be a consultant neurologist um, Do you think that's what he's asking? Joining the Royal College of Physicians. And <laughs> no, I, t- to be honest, Rob, I'm not sure what your 
what you're asking here. Um, Here's a question related to that. So I, what was I watching the other day? There was, I think there's a new series on Netflix or a new something on Netflix about like human biology. And I saw the first sort of 10 minutes of it to see what it was about. And it speaks about the nervous system, the central nervous system. And you get just a, a, a glimmer of how complicated the central nervous system is. And it, the first thing I thought of was like, if I spend 10 minutes on Instagram with the amount of sort of fitness stuff we are into, I will usually see like one mention of the central nervous system. You know, like, oh, my CNS was fried or, um, you know, I really need to activate the nervous system. <laughs> it's me. A little bit of vomit just rises up. Does, so that, every time so that the, more, the more you've learned about the nervous system, do you think that's... Have you have you come to sort of be more on the side of like yeah the central nervous system you can kind of manipulate it with training and stuff or do you just think it's so far outside of our control that we shouldn't really worry about? So when when people say when people use the word central nervous system, I don't think they mean what they think they mean. I think they're using it as a word that sounds a bit clever and a bit hard to define, and so it kind yeah. of makes them sound like. Learning the nervous system in med school was the most brutal bit, probably. It was six months in the second year of, <coughs> of the nervous system and God. and related pathways and, and tracts and all the, the kind of the pathophysiology of it and stuff. And it, it is hard. So I think people mean like feeling a bit off, don't they? Yeah. Or like feeling a just, bit tired. say that, like... I don't think you're any more accurate by calling it the nervous system. In fact, Ben Goldacre talks about this in Bad Science. He talks about two different explanations about saying, as humans, we struggle to be able to put ourselves into other people's minds and into being able to know something from someone else's perspective. And that's usually, and so explanation A, that's usually because um, we've grown up in our own mental frame. And so when we, we try and see it from someone else's perspective, it's, it's always a bit difficult to take ourselves out of what we know. And what. And he said, explanation B, ah, but that's because the corticospinal tract um, hasn't <coughs> been built a receptor mechanism where you can, uh, where information is encoded um, cortically with what, and the temporal, you know, just like using a lot of neurobabble. And he was like, most people, when they hear the second explanation, even though it adds nothing, think that it's more legit. And it's yeah. a common tool that people use to just throw in neurobabble because it sounds really... If you use the word fMRI, the, like on average, that sentence is believed more by people in, in surveys. So do you think it it's like... It doesn't add anything. It's like a, I really understand this. Uh, but I mean, people don't necessarily want to mean or always mean that when they say my CNS. I just think it's uh, people are trying to basically say, "Oh, well, I've sort of my I've acquired this skill. Like I've trained my CNS to to train better, to squat better, or like my CNS is fried, or I've activated my CNS." Really, all they mean is like something feels good or bad, or I've improved at that, or I, I need to improve at that. It, but that like sounds too basic doesn't it that sounds too simplistic but the the problem i have with it is that you can't not involve your cns when you're training mm -hmm. 
Like, it's, it's impossible. It is impossible. Like you, it's the thing that you're always practicing something, even if you're doing something that is just accumulating local fatigue. There is still a, very much a neural component to it, isn't there? So it's yeah, it, it's completely bunk it's, as a term, I think. <laughs> well, I think like this is the problem with all of this, that all of that part of the fitness world that look at sort of all these metrics and. Um, I've started to become like annoyed at whoop and all these sorts of things because of how I, I look. So I see, I've started to see loads of adverts for that kind of like tracking stuff. And it's the, you look at HRV and make a decision on the day about what to do because of the HRV, because it went up or down. And you're like, really? Like it, it really is it that simplistic that that is the only thing. Like if a, if your HRV moves in a certain direction, I can tell you all sorts of things about your recovery. Like there's probably other things going on. There's probably other things to consider. Well, if Mike couldn't get HRV to work, Mike uh, Tushera, then mm. that's quite a, a big claim. Well, he just like, he just relies on like, how do you feel? <laughs> Which lines up with your aura ring video of like, your body is doing a lot of these sort of measurements for you. And it feeds into like, how you generally feel on a day this is exactly it like volition and waking up and being like yeah i'm ready to train i can i can do this i've got the energy all of that is not just a whim that is it's a feeling that's based on all these variables that your your system is encoding and saying ah okay Mm. here's the output i feel good or i feel bad and it's it's already synthesizing for you yeah it has all of the things in it's taking everything like your energy balance over the last day, two days, three days, seven days. Like it's not looking at a moving average chart. It's just taking all these things into account It that show up as like how tired you feel relative to the last couple of days. Like, mm-hmm. But I think that what, why people don't rely on that and what I've been doing more recently is, is actually rating that on like five possibilities. So like high, medium, high, medium, medium, low or low on stuff like, how like how are your DOMs today? How are, like lower body DOMs today? Rating them on those those five things that t- that forces you to actually sit and think like how do I feel or all these sorts of things. We've been so derailed here by this question, but ho- hopefully, <laughs> hopefully some of that was useful. So Lil Mac Daddy Makoto says, when do you transition from free coaching with friends to charging clients? When you want to make a business out of it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> like when, yeah. you know, I, I think, uh, to be honest, the coaching friends and, cl- and and family members and that sort of thing is not really a fair simulation for what it's actually like. Because they're, they're going to be more lenient with things like, so that they, they may either be more lenient or more critical and you're not going to get the actual true feeling of what it's like to coach someone that you don't personally know. Um, I think just went, yeah, if you want to make a business out of it at some point, <clears throat> you have to charge money. So there's no harm in, in trying that, like, yeah, especially if you've got the skills. The thing that will often stop people from making that transition is imposter syndrome. And yeah. we've talked about that on the YouTube channel. So have a look at that, youtube.com forward slash fitness. But if you can get over that or it, it, the, the the midpoint is find a friend who is willing to to pay 
and to you know just to humor you even if it's a small amount like you don't have to charge them full price but funnily enough the better a friend someone is the more willing they are to pay full price for you because they respect your time and they know that actually what you're doing is a, a legit service and so um it's always the it's always the kind of acquaintancy people that want mates rates mm. I, I personally might i think i would advise to not do business with i think we've had this conversation before i think the more friends you sort of work with in your business the more blurred lines can can be um not because like not because you you should be giving people favorable things or 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 you should be kind of treating people differently but i think you you end up feeling like you can't say something to a friend that you maybe would say to a client and i think if you're role as a coach or to be to actually like provide the service you're trying to provide to the best of your ability oftentimes you run the risk of of like maybe saying something that that someone might get slightly offended by in some cases um and if if it's a close friend they might not it's hard to separate this like coach and friend role completely yeah Um, it it is a different role isn't it and mm -hmm. i've i've seen even very senior doctors struggle with i've seen consultant surgeons struggle with this where they're dealing they're, they have a patient who also happens to be someone they know or a relative mm. of someone they know or something and they they feel that an onus to doctor them better than usual and to give them the special service but in reality the way that the system is set up there is no such thing you know you there's processes and systems and everything's very standardized so you can't really give them a better service and if you try sometimes you end up actually making things worse because you you end up compromising your judgment and doing doing things that are less clinically justifiable and the same goes for coaching as well like if you think that you you can give your your friend the a better service than your standard client then you need to look at well why why is that the case what's wrong with my existing system and why aren't i giving everyone the mm. good service it was well, it's like what well, you know you write a program for yourself you immediately start thinking it's different and it, yeah. and it isn't <laughs> you know like the, be- the best service you can give to yourself is give yourself like a, a 10 minute check in each week and just reply to the basics of people can't do that obviously but it's closer to that if it's a friend and the friend sort of might expect faster reply times they might you know all these things that, that don't necessarily help anybody they think that they kind of circumvent the the systems you already have in place. So be like, oh, I'm going to give them really special exercises, and you're like, well, yeah. why aren't you doing that with your clients? <laughs> friends are the ones that'll that'll text you instead of going through the not because they're being dicks, like just because they're your friend and they text you the rest of the time. So why would they not text you now? Um, versus like going through the, the proper channel and checking in on time and all these sorts of things. So I would personally get away from coaching friends as quickly as you can if you want to take it serious if, if you want to be a business you don't want to just work with friends you want to work with people who are clients so you can have a proper professional relationship with them yep very wise ejoe 0809 great catch username great asked. name yeah yeah she said my protein review so of everything they do yeah i mean that's it that's a big because they're, they're a pretty large company now they huge uh, they used to just sell protein, but now they've they sell like food, clothing, and all sorts. But as a company, I quite like them. They don't sell much kind of dodgy stuff. 
the quality control is very good. Johnny's looking shocked at you looking on the website. Yeah, they've just released a green apple clear way isolate. Oh, and a, pi- and a pineapple one. <laughs> well, the the clear way is actually oh. lovely. It's like you like it. Yeah, I, I bought a grape and mojito recently. Nice, both brilliant. Like, oh my god! Oh my god! They've got so many new flavors. <laughs> Strawberry laces. Strawberry laces. Clear way. White peach. Pineapple. This podcast's cost me two hundred quid. Oh no! I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> Doing a big, big haul. Big, well, yeah. But, I think clear whey is actually worth getting. It, it, all it is is hydrolyzed whey. You can get it from anywhere, but... 60% off? Oh, wow. Okay. Should we stop the podcast? Maybe we should... <laughs> <laughs> Going to just buy out the, the stocks. It's is your because it doesn't make you feel sick when, you, when you're training. Like, when you're it, drinking a milky drink, it's not... It doesn't sit yeah. in your stomach very well if you're squatting or something. Well, I think what I like about it is... And I think so I think that kind of answering the question generally... What I like about it is it feels like an innovation on something that's existed for a while. So my memory of whey protein isolate of whey protein hydrolysate is not what I experience with clear whey. Yeah. Like they're very different things. So they've really improved it. They've really improved a basic thing, which is a protein drink. And I feel like they've also provided a solution to the market, which is exactly what you're describing. Like up until that, as far as I was aware, basically your options were like a, some kind of pre-workout or a BCAA drink that you can drink in the gym. And a lot of people are very critical of, of BCAs at the moment. So clear, clear way just fits that hole. And it's like, wow, suddenly there's a product that tastes brilliant, that's slightly expensive, but not doesn't break the bank, that it kind of ticks all these boxes and it just becomes this, uh, an easy way to supplement. So for that reason, the stuff that my protein do under that umbrella, like the kind of improving existing things, I think they're great. I'm less sold, and I imagine you're the same on like all the other stuff they do. Um, like they have a lot of bars and snacks and vitamins that I, I think probably don't do much. But I think as a company, they're brilliant. Yeah, there's a lot of fringe stuff, which I, I suppose must appeal to a certain type of market. And mm. protein foods, I think this is more of a philosophical problem that I have with protein foods in general, which is that I'd always rather have a pancake and a protein shake than a protein pancake. What about... If you die, what about the whole, you know, it's all changes, doesn't it? But How do you feel about protein bars? Usually they're soy-based or hydrolyzed collagen-based. So a lot of them are. It's yeah. very hard to find one that isn't. And so the, the problem there is that, like, it's not really a complete protein... And if you look at the studies on soy, people get very upset about soy whenever I mention it. But mm. the, there's, a, there's a study that shows that between whey, soy, and no protein, the, the no protein group made better progress than the God. soy protein group. <laughs> so damning. It really is. Like, oh, we, Christ. Whether or not like the, the estrogenic effect is, is you know clinically significant at the end of the day i'm more interested in like is this going to make me gains or not and if the data that we have shows no it's yeah. a bit concerning so not i've just picked study, a but... i picked a bar at random and it's got a protein blend in it i'll not say i'm not going <laughs> to rip them apart they've got a protein blend which is milk protein isolate soy protein isolate whey protein concentrate 
hydrolyzed wheat protein, soy protein crispies. So that's like that's the protein content of that thing. It's, There's a bit of whey in it, but <laughs> but like yeah, hydrolyzed but, wheat protein is not going to be useful for muscle protein synthesis. So, well, there's a great tip: is like if you're going to buy a protein bar, look where the protein is coming from, because no one does that. No, certainly very few people I know do that. They see like a a bar in Boots when they're going to get their meal deal, and they think, oh, well, that's so, so I suppose this is how I look at it is like a, a Mars bar and a grenade bar. Let's say the calories are the same. Let's say you have a fixed calorie allotment for the day. Are you saying that it is better to have the Mars bar? Are you saying you'd get more gains or the, the soy-based protein bar? You're saying that that study at least suggests that it's better to just avoid the, the protein bar entirely? That, that particular study would say that. Um, mm. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, we've got to look at the balance of evidence, but certainly, it it's just for me. I know we're getting sidetracked again, but <laughs> I just don't see an advantage to adding soy into my diet, and that is that that particular claim is something that certain soy apologists on Twitter get really annoyed at me for saying that. And so I had someone the other day. This is honestly what it, what the, the thread went like. Um, he tagged his mate and said, look at this. Um, someone's talking about Herbalife and saying that he doesn't consume it because of soy or something. Um, and then I responded saying, I'm just talking about my personal choice not to, not to consume soy. And he said, well, you're a medical doctor, so we have to assume that this is medical advice that you're giving out. And what you're also saying, as a the, or the, the logical conclusion of what you're saying, is that women have no role in political society. What? Like, I was just like, oh, well, that escalated quickly. Like, I, I don't know how, you, <laughs> how you've got that conclusion from it, but it's anybody who says. So what you're saying is, you're like, mm, okay. Just mm, <laughs> <laughs> just wait a moment. So just to throw a quick search through Google. Quest bars seem to be their protein blend is milk protein isolate and whey protein isolate. They seem to be a pretty good choice. Um, I do like Quest bars. I think they're uh, and they're actually tasty as well. So mm. there we go. Yeah, Ryan O'Leary. Well, hold, hold on. Oh. So we like we like my protein. I like my protein. I like, I like my protein. protein. I've never tried your protein. You like my protein too. <laughs> Even so, uh, to just one one final thing on it. So they they send us some stuff to try sometimes, like some of their more fringe things, and um, I think we are a great market for that because I think it arrives and we're extremely skeptical. I, I don't think we open it going like, oh, I can't wait to try this. It's like I've got to try this. Yeah, like yeah. Some bars, right? I'll try. Yeah, I have to say we're not sponsored by my protein. Like they no. they they've twice they've sent us a little pack of protein. So that's that's the only bias that we have. So I tried some relax shots. So I think they nice. sent you something. Have you got them as well? Yeah. I thought you got something else that had nuts in. What did I get instead of the nut stuff? Can't remember. Not sure. So I, I quite like the relax shots. Yeah. It, it, it's peach juice with some relaxing things in <laughs> You see, that's the difference is I, I drink it and I'm like, mm, yeah, great. Some relaxing ingredients. Whereas you said, just goes, mm. 
<laughs> sees the third ingredient down remembers a study that he saw two years ago that said it gave the participants a nervous system problem and, so, <laughs> and is unable to enjoy the relaxing shots <laughs> but yeah sorry I keep derailing do a series called Yusuf ruins things for you that's um, <laughs> yes, so true you do ruin things for me So I've been working with the guys at Propane for a couple of months now. Definitely recommend it. I have used some business coaches in the past and I just didn't feel like it was the right fit. I'm not really someone that's really pushy and tries to force people into make sales. And it's exactly not what the guys at Propane do. They really help you give as much value to your uh, niche as possible. So definitely recommend it to anybody looking to either increase their online uh, training business or to just initially get into coaching online. Uh, these guys are going to give you the, the right path forward and they're going to be always there to support you along the way. So... Ian, uh, well, Ryan O'Leary says exercise technique, ideally the propane protocol exercises. I've responded. We um, we have a full guide for all the exercises in the protocol, apart from cable wood chops, which we forgot to record that fateful day in 2016. Um, so they're all on the website, apart from cable wood chops. So you might have to look for like Scott Herman fitness, showing you how to do them. Um, yeah, can be a bit hit and miss. In his shorts. Um, Ian Strax says imposter syndrome and comparing your client's results with other coaches' clients' results. So we've covered imposter syndrome. In terms of comparing your client's results, a lot of people fake their results or they fake the timelines. So mm. just stick to what you're doing. Make sure your process is as good as it can be and don't worry about what other people are doing. I, With before and after photos, I think so many people have before and after photos at this point that they aren't a marketing strategy, really. I think they used to be. Um, so like back in the days of like, so I'm, I'm talking like 2000 and probably 10 when like Martin Burkan was releasing his before and afters and everyone was amazed by them. Yeah. It's just not really a thing anymore. Like Herbalife have got before and after photos. So if the game is to try and win the before and after photo game, it will just be won by the person who's willing to be the least ethical. So don't play that game. Instead, get written or video testimonials from clients talking about initial situation prior to working with you current situation after working with you and get them to go into as much detail as possible because if someone's about to buy from you or they're thinking about buying from you and they can see themselves in a testimonial that your clients provided it's like oh yeah i was i was that office worker who was trying to make stuff work at, at lunchtime with fitting a session in and leaving in it couldn't Blah, blah 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 and now they're in the situation i want to be in and you can show before and afters in that context that's what will make the sale not the oh, there's a contextless two set of two photographs that could have involved anything. Could have involved drugs or really long timelines or Photoshop. So it doesn't really, it's like a, an ego flex thing for a coach. It doesn't really work from a, a business perspective. So I would go with written or verbal, written or video testimonials because that'll work way better. Yeah, it's more, it, it, it's harder to falsify as well. And the, I guess the other thing with um, before and after photos is that you could work with someone and have everything dialed in and, and work for them to gain muscle for a year. And in the photos, muscle gain doesn't really show very well on photos. It's the kind of thing that people see you in a t-shirt and they're like, whoa, like you've, you look bigger. But especially if they've gained body fat as well, 
it's not very visually dramatic from a flat one plane photo yeah so but it's very sexy to have like a 28 day fat loss of someone who's already got the muscle and has done the easy part it's also just not like it doesn't say anything about kind of what that person's achieved or how they've achieved it um and i think like there's a there's an argument to say that if someone's lost a lost weight slower than another person's client but your client has a great relationship with the process and food and has enjoyed every second of it versus the other person who has ruined that relationship with food and, and hates the process, but your results still better. And that'll show through in a video. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I got my client lean and gave them an eating disorder in the process, but it only took 21 days. So yeah. It, but it doesn't say that in the before and after. So no one knows. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So Omkar Bobdi says, how to rich as fuck travel anywhere, anytime like a nomad? Well, the Propane Business Program will teach you how to do that while earning 10 figures as a... 10, yeah. The business why, fit program. Why stop at 10? Why not go to 11 figures? A trillion dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... Uh, I can't remember the episode number, but Alex and I did an episode where we spoke about um, kind of remote team and the ability to travel. And he's going to do one about traveling while working as well. Um, oh, Alex I suppose is the master of this, isn't he? He is. He is. Did an entire US road trip while while working for us. But as you said, you just need a you need cash flow. Really, you need cash flow that is not dependent on location. Ideally, not dependent on units of your time or kind of when you allocate those units of time so something that's leveraged to use the the common trendy phrase if you're indifferent to the location as well you can live pretty cheaply as a nomad if you're happy to just pick up last minute flights and stay in airbnbs in kind of slightly less touristy places you can travel around and have a pretty good time and the world is so digital now that you'll be able to yeah, most you know you you'd be able to try different places just by doing Skyscanner, um, having a Wi-Fi connection wherever you stay. You can continue working online, adjust time zones slightly. The only thing I would say about all of this stuff is like the the, the alternative is just stay where you are, build a business, work in it, work really hard, get it to the point where it has systems in a team and then just take loads of holiday and then when you travel you're traveling and you're actually going to see the places rather than like oh shit like the hotels only got a 4g dongle i need you know like because it doesn't i know it sounds cool but i at least that's and that's personal preference but like i would rather go and see something for two weeks and really explore it and just be there than the whole time have to worry about like yeah but i've got a call and what time zones that in and is my business still running yeah um, but that's a, it's very much a personal thing but that, that's true it depends on the kind of the time frame and the, the scale and stuff and um Definitely. you know we we know someone who's running an agency that rather than traveling he prefers the idea of doing blocks of time three to six months at a time in different locations so it's kind of yeah. the hybrid so rather than um you know constantly being on the move and you know backpacking with a laptop and always looking for a dongle like you're staying somewhere long enough to get a feel for the place, like understand the area, get yourself settled, 
but also enjoying the sun, you know. And if you can do that and kind of hop around to avoid, let's say you live in the UK and you've got crap winters, there's not really much reason to be staying in mm. the UK during that time. Then, yeah, go somewhere sunny and continue working in a in a nice cafe or on a beach there. The bit that costs you is like the transition time, isn't it? So it's like getting settled somewhere, like learning the local area, um, getting a Wi-Fi connection, figuring out what hours you can work and what makes most sense and all that sort of stuff. So if you minimize those events throughout a year, for example, while still traveling, I think that's very beneficial as well. But you, the more you have to consider as well the stuff you're going to do. So like, am I going to record podcasts while I'm traveling? Okay, well, how am I going to do that? Am I going to record video or do I need a certain setup? Do I need certain bits of kit? Who, who I need to communicate with? How is it going to affect like, I mean, some things as, as minor as sort of uh, like a logging into some things from different IP addresses can cause security problems. And, you know, there's all all things you don't that aren't necessarily spoken about in the, oh, look at me, I'm just on this beach world. Um, but if you factor all that in and you, you still want to do it, then yeah, you, you still just need a cash flow ultimately, <laughs> which is the bit most people don't have. How to become a PT by Armon147. Well... If you're listening to this podcast, then we won't teach you how to become a PT. <laughs> but uh, yeah, to, to become a personal trainer, you just need to do a level three qualification so that you can be insured to work with people in person. Um, if you've been following us for some time, you'll know that that's not what we recommend as a way to scale your income and improve your lifestyle. We very much recommend online coaching, which is what this entire podcast is about but um johnny has an incredible feature length presentation on the entire process on how to do that on propane-business.com forward slash no 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 don't oh, go there oh don't go there <laughs> don't, oh, i haven't seen oh, God, God. just in fact if you've heard that forget you heard it <laughs> the place to go for the 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 even better the newer betterer newer version is at propinfitness.com forward slash business podcast that's the best place that's, that's the better place. than the place that Yusuf said <laughs> <laughs> rugby lad favourite weird or unusual exercises I mean you rolling do, thunder you know, sumo deadlift don't you <laughs> sumo deadlift which is well it's cheating it's not weird it's just cheating um, I enjoy. I really enjoy Rolling Thunder. What's that? Um, I think whenever I talk to you about this, you go, "Is that this one?" <laughs> <laughs> Is it you who does that? Some somebody does. Probably, that. yeah. Is it you? So it's a it's a handle that spins. It's a big handle that spins, and you attach it to plates that get incrementally heavier, and it's grip training. So you have to basically try and um, it's like a one arm deadlift. So it was actually a strongman event for a long time. So you, you pick up the handle and you have to try and get the plate to hip height um, without letting go of the handle. Right. Uh, it's just one of those things that is so much harder than you would ever think. So you, you look at it and you're like, easy. I'll do, I'll do that with hundreds of kilos. <laughs> but even even getting like 40 kilos off the ground is incredibly difficult to do. I've seen Martin Bokan doing it. And it's not a very photogenic yeah. exercise, but I can no, see how it would be. Really you hard. end up pulling loads of funny faces and like curling your lip and going bright red in the face with 50 kilos on this thing. 
what's yours i imagine you've got some weird ones yeah so in in the gym i do some quite boring straightforward stuff but out of the gym when i've been training for flares a lot of it is like getting good in very strange planes that you so shoulder extension like getting one leg up close to your head so it's all things that are highly specific to an even more specific outcome that i'm trying to achieve that have no carry over to anything else lots of like standing on one leg but holding like holding one leg abducted right out to the side for as long as i can which is so crampy as you can imagine so stand on one leg abduction not adduction yeah abduction out out to the side just as high as you can for just sets of 10 seconds or 30 seconds if you can build up to it and it's it looks and sounds easy but i imagine it gets like you glute mead yeah exactly yeah it's not like (laughs) cramps right up yeah rugby lad says opinions on random fitness people i think this would make a great series we'll have to what does random fitness people mean so fitness influencers uh might right. have to be a bit careful but uh, mm. yeah i think it's they're fine as long as they are harmless yeah i think that's a, a very good principle um becco 90 reverse dieting johnny has a brilliant article on that called how to gain muscle while staying lean if you google that probably google the word propane as well because i don't yeah. think we're ranking number one on google for that <laughs> that phrase no. otherwise uh yeah yeah i think the the, the kind of the view on the reverse dieting has kind of changed though in the in the very sort of current evidence-based world but i think it's still a good idea generally speaking kieran purcell club hacks for when they reopen i just don't feel like why the people to ask for this when was the last time you went clubbing? <laughs> 2018, maybe? 20, okay. Yeah, something like that. 2017, 2018. Depends what you mean by clubbing. Like it yeah. went to a club, went to a nightclub, a building that is designated as a nightclub for a bit of time, I think, then. Okay. But the, the bit that I struggle with is just more, more and more is just kind of, it absolutely sideswipes everything in my life like output across everything i care about mainly i think just because of the sleep impact this is it it's quite hard to to hack really when it it's something that tanks your sleep a lot of alcohol it's it's not a very anabolic thing and there's no there's no quick like quick hack that's gonna sort it out for you there's obviously the stuff from a really old i think it's our oldest series called fresh as fat (laughs) which talks about like coming home having a pint of water stopping drinking by a certain time like front loading your alcohol all that kind of stuff so there's a few like timing things that you can do but at the end of the day you you're not going to wake up and feel 100 percent, whichever way you cut it it's the thing you said to me the other day about um the more you understand about like drugs and medicine the more you look at these things as like do i want the like how much do I want the benefit? Like how many of the downsides or the side effects am I willing to accept? And I think the further along in any journey you get, so like training or or business or productivity or meditation, whatever it is, you 
it depends on what you want out of the night out or what you want out of the clubbing experience. If the goal is like, I want to get as drunk as possible and really enjoy the nightclub, that's fine as long as you accept all of the consequences and the other things. So it's, it's like, well, how do I minimize those downsides? But if the goal is to kind of go so that you're ticking a box and you're, they kind of jo- you're joining in a big social, but you still kind of want to wake up early and train the next day or whatever, then probably like not drinking or minimizing the amount of drinking and getting as much sleep as you can while still ticking the box is the best way to do it. So That's, that's a good perspective. The Menno Henselmans of like yeah. having spirits at 7 p.m., all front-loaded, mm. and then and that's on empty stomach and then nothing um but yeah that's the problem it's it's just weighing up like how much of the effect or the side effect do i want or how the the trade-off and it's all of bodybuilding is that isn't it like non-natural so drugged bodybuilding is all just like how much side effect am i willing to tolerate how much life shortening am i (laughs) am i happy to accept It's the problem with the word hack is it implies that there's a way to remove, like you've gained this control that shouldn't you shouldn't otherwise have and you can kind of circumvent the downsides. But I think when you're talking about sleep and alcohol, it's quite hard to entirely get around the fact that you just need a certain amount of sleep and alcohol just has an effect on you. <laughs> so yeah. if you're going to accept those things, that's fine. But it, the, the Menno Henselman's thing of like pick pick what you're trying to, get out of it and just get that thing while reducing the, the side effects on the other stuff is probably the only way to do it I think and then the final question from James I'm going to paraphrase this slightly but would you have sex with a man for a million pounds <laughs> I want to hear the exact question or do I not <laughs> I just love that that's the paraphrase version <laughs> Would I have sex with a man for a million pounds? No. You, I think you probably would, wouldn't you? I mean, the, I think what he's asking, because everyone has their price for everything, don't they? But it's it's about like a, a million. It's funny because if you ask if you ask a gay man this, like. Yeah, so I think the essence of the question is like, would you do something sexually that you don't want to do for a financial payoff? And I think the the thing that's hard to factor in is the like the lasting impact of the decision. Yes, exactly. It's the same, it, and and that's why the question from Tim Garrett a while ago about would you have sex with a goat and no one knew, or don't have sex with a goat but everyone thinks you did is so perfect because in one of them you don't have to actually do the thing but you get all the negative externalities of it (laughs) well you get the the external impact with none of the internal impact so you don't have to live with the thing of like but i actually did do that because inside there's a little bit of pride of like yeah but i didn't really whereas the other way around no one knows it's like being a like a, a criminal that no one's found out about you've got to live with the guilt internally. You've got to live with that, like, nagging... Not necessarily, because it's, someone could be like, oh, you, that's a nice house you're living in. You'd be like, oh, yeah, I had sex with a man. <laughs> I suppose you don't have so, to say that. But that, that's assuming that you're, like... So let's say you, you did that. It's assuming you're internally neutral to the experience, isn't it? And if you are internally neutral to the experience, then, like, 
obviously you would do it, which is which is links back to what you were saying of like if you're asked mm. a gay person. And it's not to say like, I think it's important to mention that just because someone is gay doesn't mean they would just have sex with anybody. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> but like I suppose it's it, yeah, it, it's it's lower more in line yeah, it's more in line with the sort of thing that they might choose to do anyway. Because no, your your price would be lower is would you have sex with a woman for a million pounds? You'd be like, well it depends which woman and so on, but yeah. on average lower price there's lots of things to consider so there's a there's a cost and it's like how much gain do you get from a million pounds and i just think not as much as you think unless you're going to use it in a completely disposable way <laughs> as in like if the goal is well i'm going to buy a bigger house and i'm going to you kind of do all those things like you cross those lines and it probably doesn't go quite as far as you would expect it to go because it seems like a huge number probably doesn't go quite as far as you think. And then that you're still left with this internal, like, oh. Mm. I think that it becomes a very different question at like a hundred million pounds. Because that that's a that's like a locality changing amount of money, isn't it? Well, so. Uh, yeah, so a million pounds, you're probably gonna have to work again. Like you're gonna, there's still a demand on cash flow. You're st you still, you can't just, oh, well, lazy river for the rest of my life, here we go. Whereas a hundred million, you probably could. Yeah, in fact, you, you absolutely could. That, yeah, that's that's true. There's a there's a few other considerations. There's obviously the legal implication, like that's something that I think is illegal to have a transaction based on that. And then the other thing is, yeah, that's a good point. I suppose that, it depends. Yeah, yeah, and so and maybe he's also asking because they they say sexuality is a spectrum, so if everyone's a bit gay and a bit straight, mm. then it's about finding where your, where your threshold for a million pounds is. But it's also the, about like whether you're single or not single or kind of the, the, the situation you you're in at the moment and kind of the costs of the impact, the damage of that and what that's worth. And is the, is the man involved in this? Is he aware of what's going on? Has he just yeah. been roped into this? question from james and because i imagine that would very much change the interaction <laughs> if he was unaware like, and unconsenting then i don't think there's an amount of money yeah i think if he's unaware and unconsenting you've got to wonder how the whole thing's come about <laughs> really Unless, but, but then it becomes a case where you go up to someone and you say oh excuse me like this person is willing to pay x amount of money and i suggest that we split it and yeah, here's how we do it. Or it's you just could one even of the... both just say that you did have sex. Report back to James. So I think that's like that's the first thing to explore, isn't it? Of like, is there a way I can rig this to still get the payout without the downside? Like, how smart is the person who set up this situation? Are there any loopholes I can exploit where everybody's better off, apart from the person who's engineered this awful moral? thing that, that probably should be arrested how does do we... james want a, like video proof in which case quite hard to to fake yeah it's just one of the many moral dilemmas we find ourselves in while doing these podcasts <laughs> and thank goodness so few of them ever come to be real thank goodness so there we are thank you for your questions Here's one final funny question for you that's slightly, it's in a different tack. I'd just like to see what you'd say. Let's say tomorrow morning, 
you wake up and I know you don't watch the news, so you probably wouldn't watch the news, but let's say like Amy rings you and says, Yusuf, I don't know whether you've seen, but there's a there's a full zombie apocalypse happening. So it's been there's proof on the news, there's zombies, there's real zombies in there, they they're biting people and the people are turning into zombies. Talk me through <laughs> talk me through like the first hour after hearing that news. Oh god. Okay, so you you you'd try and map them, wouldn't you? You'd have to be like, okay, where is the closest one? <laughs> How much time do I have? Like, do I have time to go to Wix and get some hardware and some building materials? Wix. Wix the like the hardware. No, 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 no. yeah. Um, so you you're you're going to take the view of like I'm going to protect the house. Yeah, I think so. And maybe buy some weapons if you can. Um, you might not need to buy weapons. I suppose like there's, everyone's got stuff in the house that you could. Like, I've got a shoehorn. That's pretty good. You got a metal one. Weighty metal one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like if a zombie's str- struggling, a, a barbell's not great, weapons wise. <laughs> Too heavy. But it's and, like, like, and that, it's at that time that you and I wish we'd be doing more of the club stuff and the kettlebells because yeah. all I can do with a barbell is move it in really boring planes of motion. But it's such a low percentage of your max that you could like you could throw I it. I could get some. Yeah, I think I'd go for like a putter, a golf club. Yeah, perfect. Um, oh, but then yeah, because the, first, the the reason I'm thinking batten the hatches is that even if you can fight them off during the day, you're gonna have to sleep at some point. And you don't want you want to be able to sleep properly without your front door being kicked in. <laughs> because recovery is important for hypertrophy. It is. Yeah. Think well think of your whoop band. Imagine what your oh. whoop band would be saying. Like, look, look, mate, the last thing I need is you telling me I'm under recovered. <laughs> okay, I've got enough to deal with. <laughs> I think my first reaction is like, I'm just gonna get to Scotland. I'm just going to throw loads of stuff in the car. I'm just going to get into the Highlands. Because I think what you, what I would worry about is the time to react between, look, there's a zombie and it's in, and it's, a, it's in my immediate space. And yeah. I feel like if I just camped at the top of a hill, I'd have a lot of time. You're safer in Scotland as well. Like, I think the Scots Generally. are harder. Yeah, they're, they're harder to, hardier people. Would, would you keep Facebook ads on? Or would you pause the campaigns? It's a great question. That's a great question. I think you'd see... So I think what would happen is you'd see a drop in cost per click and cost per lead, but an increase in cost per sale. Like, I don't think anybody's making a buying decision while this is a zombie apocalypse. I see, but anxiety is up, so people are scrolling and clicking more. More time on screen. More time yeah. on screen. It's exactly what happened at the start of COVID. Yeah, financial uncertainty. Drop, drop in cost per click and cost per lead because everyone's opting in and on their phone loads. But no one really wants to pull the trigger immediately. That then started to feed through into cost per sale. So now I'd probably turn them off. To be honest, I think at that point, like you're looking at the, the, sort of the, the collapse of the financial system. That's annoyingly when really what you want to be holding is like bullion and, and precious metals and, and like other things become... We, we, we regress to a barter economy where digital currency means nothing and it's all about like what can i what can i trade to sort of stop being used for for food or sexually assaulted and all these sorts of things i see well so so that's where you actually need physical precious metals as well not not just a cfd 
or maybe not even precious metals. Maybe it's like food and water. Because mm. also like the heating, electricity is going to go down eventually because there's no one to maintain it, which means you, you lose refrigeration, which means things are going to go off really, really quickly, which means you sat there thinking, bloody hell, at the start of that podcast, when I joked about spending a couple hundred quid on clear way, I wish I'd actually done that. Yeah, I see. While they're the sixty percent off, because oh. I could you sale could, and then well, you could go for a long time on just clear way, couldn't you? It wouldn't be my first choice of zombie food. I think no, no, me, me neither. But I, like, it, I imagine it keeps for a very long time. It tastes quite nice. There's quite a lot of variety. Obviously, if you don't have clean water, that causes other problems. Like hydrolyzed way or not. Just scooping uh, dry, hydrolyzed whey. <laughs> be an interesting split test, wouldn't it? So, like, zombie, zombie apocalypse happens. You're going to Wix and you're, like, barricading your house. Whereas I'm just getting away. Yeah, just seeing what the relative outcomes are. What an ending. Yeah. Thanks for that, that final question. I think that was a, <laughs> a very important one to end this on. I just what I love is that your first thing was like I just need to get a handle on I need to map it. <laughs> Whereas I think most people would be like, ah <laughs> You'd be pulling open like Google Maps, trying to download census data to see what the population gradients are in different places. That would be the only way because it's too quick for some trendy startup to make like live live tracking. Yeah. You're not gonna get a heat map. Yeah. Unless you make make one yourself. There we go. Bye. See you next week. Want to learn more about the systems we use to run, build, and scale propanefitness.com? Head over to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast and you can get your hands on our free training that covers the seven steps that we take with every client that we help build their own online business and also the seven steps that we use to successfully build Propane Fitness. We walk through the sales systems, the delivery systems, follow-up, remarketing, how to basically build your program so that it delivers coaching to your clients without you being there 24-7. We really do cover the full thing, right? And if you want to continue even further and potentially work with us, there's a chance to book in a call to have an informal chat with Yusuf or I to just basically see if any of our programs would be a fit to help you get from where you are to where you want to get to. So go to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast today and get access to that. If you'd like to learn just more about Yusuf and I, more about us, what we do, follow us on the various channels, the best place to go is our YouTube channel. We have a load of stuff from fitness content, productivity content, why Yusuf slept on the floor for several months, why he's been having cold showers. There's always stuff on there that's entertaining and hopefully informative. So just go to YouTube, search for Propane Fitness, and you can find out a bit more about us there as well. Speak to you on the next episode.